0: So, I was really looking forward to seeing Don with two children. It was a lot better than I expected, actually. I don't know what I expected, but it was really sweet to see him with those two little girls and see one of them hit the other one. And you know, they're twins, they're identical twins almost. The one's got a slightly pointed chin. Let's see, Abigail, I think, has got the slightly pointed skin, and Brianna's a little bit more rounded, I believe. I think I got them right. But if they're together, I can tell. But if they're apart, I can't tell which one's got the more pointed chin. <laughs> 'cause otherwise they're pretty they're identical twins, so and there's probably some other little features, but Radenna pointed that out, so that was really um, precious to see, but also to see he was still consistent with his children, like some people can really preach about being consistent, be consistent themselves, but it's really hard uh I think it's one of the hardest things for me. To be consistent raising children. A lot of my children say, we don't even know what you want, Dad. You keep letting us do one thing, and then you you don't want us to do the other thing. And, um, and sometimes my inconsistencies, when somebody does something I don't want them to do, and I've already told them, and I don't say something. So then it's like, well, you said I could do it. You didn't say anything last time about it. So I guess it's good to say something right away if you don't like something your children are doing. As they get older, you can't just... I mean, you don't probably want to do that every little bit. But anyway... That's, uh, and there's probably a lot of other inconsistencies any of my children sitting here could probably bring up. So I think Dodd is pretty consistent, and Aradna seemed to be too, and the girls seem to be thriving under that consistency, when, of course, they are only three, they get to be 15, I'm sure they'll start having their own little minds, maybe more so, but anyway, I thought it was really sweet to see that they would come into rest. They'd say, no, you can't hit her, that wasn't good, you're not going to be hitting her pick her up and hold her for a while and talk to her. One of them wants to get up and hide you, and the other one wants to hide you. It's like we are as people. Somebody else has something we wanted, right? It says not to covet. They're quite smart little girls. They're quite, for the three years old, they really quite pick up on stuff. You do something and they're watching you, and they might start trying to do it. So they're really quite the little little people. And they never baby talk them, so they're actually pretty good little communicators at three years old once they get to know you. I mean, they just tell you all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and it's good stuff, pretty much, and what they want or they don't want. So if they don't have to eat certain things, sometimes they won't. If they can't have it, then they might beg to have it. Just like we are as people, Right? You can't do something, so then you want to do it. And if you're told you have to do it, it's like, I don't want to do it. (laughs) Well, I was going to read this um, because it's what Wilkerson once said. Probably said it many times, but I heard it a few years ago, and it really spoke to my heart. Towards the end of his life, he was at a minister's meeting. He said, don't read the Word of God for sermons. Don't pray for sermons. He says, says, pray and read the word of God because you want God to speak to you personally. He said, that's the only way I've ever really got anything from God is when I come and I pray because I just want God himself. And then if sermons flow out of that, basically that's a better way. And so that, and he was older and he was telling people that most of his life he'd done that and he'd prayed and he had read his Bible and he studied things because he wanted to be closer to God. And that had an effect on his life. And that's why I read most verse highest. You guys can just read your Bibles, and that's good too. Or read something else. Some people read Tozer. Some people read just the scriptures. But because you want to be close to God. And um, one of the reasons I read it, uh, because it's spoke to me so many times in so many years. And um, so that's why I'm going to read today's. And I'm going to read a few scriptures and give a little, just a few little things. There was a time in my life when I almost gave up serving God when I was in my 20s. And I felt like I was going to hell and that there was no way out for me because God preordained me and plus when I tried to obey God, I found out that I couldn't do it. And I really set out to do what the scripture said. And I found that there was something in me that that I couldn't pull it off. And when I was despaired almost that there was any hope, I would pick up this atmosphere's highest, and I'd read a page, and it would kind of get me my mind off of my discouragement and back onto God, and I'd get a little bit of light enough to keep me not totally quitting. In other words, it created faith in my heart. So that's why I read it. Sometimes people might wonder why I do it, and why I do it once in a while in the meetings, or maybe kind of regularly, it's because it's what happens in my hidden life, one of the things that happens. And this is a little one that says, Always now, we beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Second Corinthians six: one The grace you had yesterday will not do for today, and boy, have I found that out in my life. Grace is the overflowing favor of God which I need every day. You can always reckon it is there to draw upon. In much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses. That is where the test for patience comes. Are you failing the grace of God there? In the afflictions, in the necessities, in when I don't have, just barely have enough. In distresses, things that are bothering me, things that are hard. That is where the test for patience comes. Are you failing the grace of God there? Are you saying, oh, well... I won't count this time. It is not a question of praying and asking God to help you. It is taking the grace of God now. We make prayer the preparation for work. It is never that in the Bible. Prayer is the experience of drawing on the grace of God. So It's communion with the Lord God. Don't say, I will endure this until I get away and pray. Pray now. Kind of goes with what Brother Don was saying this week, or the last week. Pray now. Draw on the grace of God in the moment of need. Prayer is the most practical thing. It is not the reflux action of devotion. Prayer is the last thing in which we learn to draw on God's grace. In stripes, in imprisonments, in kick, put into jail or prison, imprisonments, in tumults, all kinds of problems and all was uh, people were hollering and screaming when he go places, and they were saying different things. In labors, in all these things, manifest a drawing upon the grace of God, that will make you a marvel to yourself and to others. That really is true—a marvel to yourself and to others when you draw on God. Draw now, not presently. The one word in the spiritual vocabulary is now. I like that because that's the only thing any of us can do is now. Can't live in the past. We can learn from it. We have a vision for the future. But I only have now, and you only have right now. I used to think Keith Daniels would lie when at the end of his service, he'd ask people, basically, what are you going to do with what I just preached? And he'd say, if you don't do it now, you will never do it. I think, well, what about tomorrow, Keith? You know, I mean, why couldn't somebody do it tomorrow? But I finally understood what he meant. You only have now, right now. So he'd say, right now. If you don't give your life to God right now, you never will. Because if it's a later date, it will be right now. I thought that was really good. I used to think, well, Keith, you're kind of lying, aren't you? And then it finally dawned on me, what are you saying? We only have right now in stripes and imprisonments and tumults and labors, and all these things manifested drawing upon the grace of God that will make you a marvel to yourself and to others. I just read that. I like reading stuff twice. Draw now, draw now. not presently. The one word in the spiritual vocabulary is now. Let circumstances bring you where they will. Keep drawing on the grace of God in every conceivable condition you may be in. One of the greatest proofs that you are drawing on the grace of God is that you can be humiliated without manifesting the slightest trace of anything but His grace. That's the goal, right? Ever get humiliated? I have, and I probably humiliate a few other people too. And I, if I'm drawn on the grace of God... One of the greatest proofs that you are drawing on the grace of God is that you can be humiliated without manifesting the slightest trace of anything but His grace. Having nothing, never reserve anything, pour out the last you have, and always be poor. Never be diplomatic and careful about the treasure God gives. This is poverty triumphant. So I like that. What is my Bible. There it is. So I'm going to read a little bit. Second Corinthians, and I guess we kind of read it, but I'll reread it, because uh, Oswald Chambers drew from this, 1 Corinthians 6, 1 through 10. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you or beg you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Now, I don't know, what do you guys think that would be? What would be receiving the grace of God in vain? Does anybody have any ideas about that? What's receiving the grace of God in vain? What would that be? I need somebody to help me with the definition, because I don't know. 2 Corinthians, cha- uh, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. We then, as workers together with you, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. It probably explains the next few verses. I just wonder if anybody knew what would be receiving the grace of God in vain. I know. <laughs> I figured that. Okay, we'll read it. Isaac said it looks like it's in the next few verses what well, receiving the grace of God in vain is. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee or helped thee. Another word for succored is help. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes. I haven't got any of them since I was a little boy. Imprisonments. I've never been imprisoned for doing something that was wrong. I've been locked behind for an hour or two to talk to people about the Lord. In imprisonments, in tumults. I don't know if I've had a little of that, barely. In labors, I've had a little bit of that. In watching, just. Yes, in fastings, uh, of choice. I don't know if I've ever hardly had that. Yeah, a couple times without choice, I guess. Out with a horse in Canada, and we'd forget to bring any lunch, and we'd be riding all day, and oh, we'd sure get hungry by night. By pureness, by knowledge. I think he's talking about a little longer than one day, probably, there, though, about fasting. By pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned. I did look up that word, though, because I've didn't. i tried to explain it, and I thought, you know, I probably should look it up and see what it really does mean. Unfeigned, it means genuine, sincere. By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. If on the right hand and the left, we don't have any other hands to do something bad with, right? Our armor of righteousness. So it's an armor to be living right and doing right. There's a um, clinical psychologist in Canada. His name is, what's his name, honey? Jordan Peterson. I've been listening to him some. I've been very interested in him. And one of them I listened to, he said, you know what happens if people don't do what's right? Then they, somebody, government takes over. Somebody starts going after them for things that they've done. And if they've been righteous, he said, then they can't take you down. But he said, if you haven't done what's right, there's a little chink in your inner conscience. Your conscience, he said, tells you what to do. And so if you're doing something you know is wrong, even a little thing you're allowing, and then you go before a judge and they're saying, you you know, you can't do this or that. To actually stand and do what's right, you need to have a clear conscience, he said. Otherwise, he said, your conscience will beat you up so bad that you won't even hardly be able to stand up for what you know is right. So he said, he didn't use the word righteousness, but he said, do what's right and do, have a clear conscience in what you're doing as a human being. He's not necessarily Christian, as far as I know, but he says that there's nothing else in the history of the world that's ever built healthy people or healthy nations but Jesus Christ and the Bible. So he's getting pretty close without being a Christian. He doesn't claim to be a Christian, though. But it's really interesting. I've listened to him once in a while because it's really... So that reminded me of that. By the armor of righteousness. So you have to put it on every day. Do what's right. It pays off. On the right hand and on the left. By honor. People give us honor and dishonor. Both. By evil report and good report. And I personally received both. People say, oh, you're such a good brother. And other people say, boy, you're just, as, you know, you're not consistent and you're this and that. So, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers yet true. And God knows that in my heart. That's my heart is to be true with Him. As unknown yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed. Chastened means getting a good spanking, right? of the Lord, not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing all things. So does anybody have any comments about that? i read one more set of scriptures, and then I'll be done. Anybody have any comments? Those are quite quite a set of verses there. A lot could be said, so somebody help me out. Well, how's our home life, honey? I'm saying, look well, you know what I mean? Patience, we give children, afflictions, assemblies. It says tumult, which means uproars and noisy commotions. I mean, uproars and commo- easy, noisy commotions? commotions? We had a lot of that in our home. Now we're missing it. Plenty of opportunities we wanted to really be godly. We don't have any uproars anymore now, hardly. We hardly know what it's like. It's so strange to not have an uproar. <laughs> Isaac's even laughing a little bit and Clara's smiling, so that's good. Okay. Well either one of you have anything to say about that. You guys probably have more insight than we do, maybe from a different perspective. Well it's the first
1: part you asked about mm-hmm. the together with to you and many. And um, you don't usually think of that in correlation with verse three four five six seven and so on but <laughs> in verse four it says but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of god much patience and afflictions assesses and distresses so how do you receive the grace of god in vain is by receiving the grace of god and not having patience mm-hmm. as, as yeah not being able to endure afflictions not being able to endure necessities and and distresses and, distress and so on so this whole list of things you go through isn't something that you have to come up with the ability to overcome. It's not something that you have to in of yourself um, be victorious. He's saying ahead of time, you already received the grace of God, the ministry, Mm -hmm. those that are walking with God, and that is probably part of the reason why you're going through these. But not only that, you <laughs> have something from heaven so that you can go through these things of overcomers. So the only reason you are not an overcomer going through these lists of things is that you are not letting God be God in your life. You're receiving the grace of God. I mean, what is the grace of God? And Titus says that it's pure and all men, teaching them and denying ungodliness and worldly lusts that live. over, yeah. right to God in this present time, in this present world. So the grace of God is God's power enabling comes into you. And so this whole list of difficulties you look at, like how could I ever go through this? Or
0: how mm-hmm. could I ever survive this? Or how could I ever be, you know, go through an imprisonment or go through a torture or go through whipping, or go mm-hmm. through this and have a life as
1: glorified? How am I to not recant? Well, the question is, how are you going to go through Amen. it and fail? It's, it's going to be harder to fail going through these things than to not fail. So that Paul is talking to the church, you're saying, the only reason you're going to fail in these things yeah. and the ministry would yeah. be blamed in these things is you receive the grace of yeah. God in faith. You, already overcame to live within us so that we will be overcomers. We are Mm overcomers in Christ, identified with Christ. Mm We can be no other. So the only way that a Christian who really knows God, who really walks with God, fails in these things, is they're not
0: letting the grace of God run through their life. They're not letting God come
1: through them. So anyway, I don't know. I thought that was pretty interesting that it starts out with the grace of God first, and Paul's kind of giving it as... How would you not be an overcomer, rather than maybe a few people will get through this if they really grit their teeth and have white knuckles and have enough discipline No, it's Christ. It's in Christ. You have it in Him if you're identified with it.
0: Anybody else? That's really good. I thought I'd read also chapter 11, verse 16, on down there. 2 Corinthians 11, 16. Wait, there, yes.
2: bring up something. I deal with this in jail all the time. And uh, it's hard for people to, yeah. to see some of these things. But uh, in my mind, anyway, it goes right on with Hebrews 12, 11. Now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness. We look, you know, and we're like, oh, okay, yeah. That chastening, okay, if I learn of the Lord, it'll, it'll yield this thing, right? So it says this interesting thing at the end. It says, unto them which are exercised thereby. You have to yield to this thing and apply it into your life to be exercised thereby no different than what Isaac just shared mm-hmm. is that uh, the the chasing wasn't to, to beat you up it was to draw you on to go further and to refine you into likeness images of our, of our king right and, and so is all these things that everybody's going through that they're going through here and all these things it is approving ourselves as a minister of God. Do you think Richard Wurmbrand would have been approved to talk about the tortures of Christ in Romania if he hadn't suffered for 14 years? And yet he could come here and get a thousand people in a room and, and, and quiet them all. Pin could drop in front of them all. Why? Because he had credentials. That's why. And so it is with God. He's bringing us to the place where we have credentials. Mm-hmm. Because people don't listen to you if you don't. That's why. Why do people listen to Don Davis? Because it's obvious he's on his face before God all the time. It's no different than the guys that are going to jail that are looking for a notch on their belt. These guys can smell a mile away.
0: Oh, sure. And they run them off. Yeah. They run them off. That's true.
2: I don't know, I, I I think we should take these things, we should take these afflictions, we should take these necessities, these distresses. All of these things. And just ask the God of heaven to just fully reveal what he's doing in these things, what he wants to see in these things, how they can purify us, that so we can be exercised thereby in all these things. It's like autocoding says, don't waste good problems. Just sit around and pine away wondering, you know. Amen. You know, you know, whose sin is in the camp if this boy was born blind, you know? Don't be one of those henpeckers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's
2: just for the glory of God. Get in line with what God's doing.
1: It is a little bit scary thinking about that, but it's true because, you know, put in all things approving ourselves as the ministry of God in much patience. So how are you approved as the, ministries of, as the ministers of God? Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes you wonder, why am I going through this situation? Because I think I already have the victory in this area, so why why this again? Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be a financial thing, a health thing, it could be all mm-hmm. sorts of different things. Well, why? Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes the question isn't an issue with you. just like the... Before I mentioned a guy that was born blind, it, it wasn't born blind because his parents sinned or mm-hmm. he had somehow sinned before. he. was interesting, interesting to wonder how the Pharisees thought that the child had sinned before he was born mm-hmm. to be born blind. So anyway, a, a different thing to talk about, but but it's approved, but in all things, approving ourselves the ministers of God in these things. So he was born blind simply that God would be glorified. And so maybe you're going through something that, as you just said, you can be more effective in your ministry. It may not be specifically for your, you alone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, maybe you wouldn't have a voice in a situation had you not went through. What does it say? You'll comfort them. would the comfort you yourselves have also been comforted by the Lord. Mm-hmm. So you've been through something that God has comforted you in. How can you be that comfort of God to someone else that's going through something difficult who needs comfort? I found right. in my life, because I went through hard things, that I can always pick people out that are in a hard time. It's very easy for mm-hmm. me to come up with something to say to them because God had to help me through a very difficult time. Mm-hmm. But someone else that's always, always a good help, always a good finance, always had a good job. Everything's always worked for them. It's like, they just look at them like, what's this
0: person's problem? Just grow
1: up and get on with your life. <laughs> no, but, but this is really interesting, this ministry here that... Also, what you think, you think is your approval as a minister is you have this anointing, you have this ability. You have, mm-hmm. The devil can throw anything at you. Nothing touches you. Everything's prosperous. You go and do,
0: mm-hmm. and there's gonna be no problems, no,
1: pets, mm-hmm. no difficulties, no imprisonments, no stripes, no problems. And that's the approval of the ministry of God. But here it's the exact opposite. That yeah. at least the chasing part of it, anyway. You're gonna go through things so that God yeah. can use you, and. It may seem grievous at the moment, as Corey was saying, but it's afterward we'll yield peaceful fruit of righteousness. And, and we're not always going to the valley the shadow of death. We're not always hopefully blind. Mm-hmm. We hope that God's glory can be in making me so I can see, that God can bring me through this so that I can help someone else, not that I can just brag about, wow, now I can see. Wow, look at my health. Mm-hmm. I learned how to pray a certain way and I have a special anointing so now I can just, you know, I'm so great. No, it's, yeah, maybe God healed me or maybe God gave me something a doctor, supplement, or whatever it may be that healed me, but I'm not bragging on that. I'm bragging about what God did in those situations that God can do for you in those Amen. situations and bring you through that however he wants to do it. So Amen. I, don't, I, I think there's some, something really interesting in this ministry that God's called us to that we might have to go through. It's not just for our own sake, but mm-hmm. maybe for someone else. And are we willing at the end of the yeah. day, like you mentioned, Richard, Richard Warren, would I really want to go through torture so that I could reach more people? I think I would be. If it would really bring God glory, and I could really have more of an impact, mm-hmm. that's the question of your heart, or would you be willing to go through something, not just for yourself, but for God and mm-hmm. His
0: cause? Amen.
1: What would it be? It may not be that. It might be something else. Maybe it would be a, a girlfriend or someone that you want to marry, and it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Well, why would that happen to I me mean, as a godly person? Well, maybe it happened because then God can help you help other people who need a break up in mm-hmm. relationships. That they don't want to, and you can walk through them with that. It could be all sorts of things. So, when people are young they're going through things, give it to God, let God be glorified. Don't get angry about it, and later on, God will turn it around and turn it into a ministry for
0: you. Yeah, amen. Wow, so good.
1: Yeah, it's hard
2: for you know, I've, I've honestly had like this disconnect with a lot of these conservative kids because of that. You know, you come off of the gutter, like Don Davis, and they're just like. Who's he talking to? You know? And yet for people that have been in the gutter, you know exactly who he's talking to. So it's really interesting. It disconnects. You know? And yet...
0: Some of the conservative people like it too because they have a gutter on the inside. Yeah. I'm very aware of that. Some of them become very aware of it. Well, it's interesting. He was going to church doing a lot of that stuff. That was a strange thing with Don. You know, he was... In the gutter, he was going to church, and people shake his hand. I was glad to see you. his eyes was all bloodshot. He'd been smoking pot, and getting the other young people smoking pot. And, and um, I guess where Ruth sat down there, a bunch of the people that they hire that are from Amish back, and they smoking pot. She wants to go out and play volleyball, and they know they don't sit around and smoke pot. <laughs> so she's kind of seeing what people are like. Down there, you mean? Yeah, where she's at now. In California, the guy hires, uh, you know, he got a business building little little buildings in people's homes and stuff, you know, little sheds. And I think they actually take him and build them there. And so he needs workers, so he knows a good place to get them from the Amish. Well, all these armies that come out there, they're smoking pot. Wow. So <laughs> sitting around smoking pot and they don't have, they don't have, they they'll work. I guess they're fairly good workers, but when they have free time, they want to smoke pot. I guess they don't want to play volleyball or nothing. You couldn't hardly believe it. You guys got to go play volleyball? I said, no, sit around and smoke pot. <laughs> so it's a pretty pitiful thing. I'm laughing. It's sad. I'm not laughing because I don't want them saved. I'm just saying, though, that the stupidity of sin. Well, let's read a little another portion of the scripture. Maybe maybe you guys can give some input on that. Um, this is 2 Corinthians 11, starting 16. We'll read a few verses here. It's kind of along the same theme. But now they desire a better... Where am I at? I'm in the wrong place. I'm in Hebrews. I turned over where Corey was at, and I forgot. (laughs) It's Hebrews 12, so this is 2 Corinthians 11. Okay. I say again, let no man think me a fool. If otherwise, yet as a fool, receive me, that I may boast myself a little. That which I speak, I speak it not after the Lord, but as it were foolishly in this confidence of boasting, seeing that many glory after flesh, I will glory also. For me, for ye suffer fools gladly, seeing you yourselves are wise. For you suffer if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take of you, if a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face. I speak as concerning reproach, as though we had been weak. Howbeit, whensoever any is bold, I speak foolishly. I am bold also. Are the Hebrews so? Am I? Are the Israelites so? Am I? The seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they the ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequent. In deaths, oft. I just about got killed many times, it sounds like. And then this one here, it just really hit me this morning. It said, of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. So five times. Jesus, I think, was whipped thirty-nine times, I believe, too. Paul said he was whipped thirty-nine times, five different occasions. You know, one of those thirty-nine whippings almost kill you. It must have been why he said he was in deaths oft. Thirty-nine lashes, five different times. That's quite a bit. I never noticed it before I read it, but I just read over it. I never really stopped and thought. But today I just stopped and thought. That's an awful lot of lashings. They say, you know, about Jesus, how horrible they were, and that they had these different, I don't know if the ones they spanked, they spanked, that's the right word, whipped with, were had nine tails or not, I don't know, but wow, if they did, no wonder he said he was in death's oft. Then he says something else, thrice or three times was I beaten with rods, and I don't know what they were like. Wasn't very nice, I'm sure. Huh? Once was I stoned, which we got in that book of Acts, right? They left him for dead. Once was I stoned. And he says, thrice again, or three times he suffered shipwreck. We got at least one or two of those in the Bible. Three times he was in a shipwreck. In other words, the ship probably sank or it grounded at the ocean. They should have probably all died. A night and a day was in the deep. I don't know what that was. Was that in the ocean when it looked like they were going to die? Didn't know where they were at or anything. Didn't know if they were ever going to see land again. A night and a day was I in the deep. In journeys often. We had a lot of trips. In perils of waters. And it wasn't in nice cars like we have today with air conditioners and nice heaters and everything. It wasn't those kind of journeys. It was actually kind of rough. It's kind of like we did in Canada sometimes where we'd take a horse and we'd go on in the winter and it'd be 20, 30, 50 below and you wouldn't know if you're going to freeze to death. And his was probably not freezing, but it was other problems. We really didn't know sometimes if we were going to live. I used to sometimes think I was going to die. I was a little skinny guy and I had no matter how many clothes I had on, I was freezing to death. My dad say, you're cold? Yeah, I'm freezing Daddy." He would be kind of a little bit overweight, so he didn't get quite as cold as me. Plus he was bigger, but oh, I'm freezing Get off the horse and walk. It's so stiff I could hardly get off the saddle at like 8 eight to 10 years old and get off and walk for maybe half a mile to another mile and finally get warmed up and get back on the horse for a while. No, this was a kind of journey. and probably was worse than that. That's the only worst thing I can think of. So he was in journeys often, in perils of waters. It's hard times, some kind of water, probably those shipwrecks and stuff. In perils of robbers. I don't even remember that, but it's probably in the Bible somewhere. It was robbers. In perils of my own countrymen, we got stories of that, where they were going to set watch for him, and they were going to kill him if he went out of the city, and they had to let him down in a little bucket or a basket over the wall. Perils of my own countrymen and perils by the heathen. They also get mad, and great as Diana, the Ephesians, and scream for hours and throw him in jail, right? In perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness and perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren. It sounds like he has perils everywhere he goes. doesn't sound like there's any place he doesn't have a hard time. In weariness, he gets super-duper tired. In painfulness, so he's actually going through pain. In watchings often, in hunger and thirst. In fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Didn't have enough clothes, it's too cold, freezing. And then he has something else beside those things that are without. These things are just out, out in the physical part of our life. That which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. So there's something more important than all of that he was going through with his people. The churches, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the ones that were a living God had awakened many of them through probably his words and other people with his words and the power of the Spirit of God. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is offended? And I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities or my weaknesses. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. He's saying all these things are absolutely true. In Damascus, the governor under Articus the king kept the city of the Damareans, I guess, with a garrison, desires to apprehend me. And through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands next few verses in 12. It is not, is, no, it is not expedient for me doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelation of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth such a one caught up to the third heaven. I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth how that he was caught up into paradise, and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful, or another word for lawful is possible for a man to utter, according to what I looked up in the dictionary. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities or my weaknesses. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth, but now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given me, a gift from God, a thorn in the flesh. I added a gift of God, given me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, or three times that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches. This is quite a thing to say, isn't it? Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, which is weaknesses, or could be sicknesses, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Because we need him. We can't make it through these things without him. So we're weak, then I am strong. I am become a fool and glorying. You have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you for nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in what? In patience, in signs, and wonders, and mighty deeds. For what is it wherein you were inferior to other churches, except it be that I myself was not burdensome to you? Forgive me this wrong. Behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours, but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Sounds like Paul has Jesus in him here, doesn't it? Be it so. I did not burden you. Nevertheless, being crafty, I caught you with guile, or a uh, um, decoy, or a um, these are words for that word guile, decoy, trick, bait, deceit. Did I make a gain of you by any of them whom I sent unto you? Did he get some money out of them through that? I desire Titus with, and with him I sent a brother. Did Titus make a gain of you? Walked we not in the same spirit? Walked we not in the same steps? Guess I'll finish it and then I'll quit. Again, think ye that we excuse ourselves unto you. We speak before God in Christ. But we do all things, dearly beloved, for your edifying. That's what I'm trying to do. That's my goal before God. I fear, lest when I come, I should not find you such as I would, and that I should be found unto you such as you would not, lest there be debates, envyings, wraths, strifes, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumults. All those are good words to look up. It has a lot to do with gossip and wanting what somebody else has and all the stuff that's in our natural man. Unless when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and that I should bewail many which have sinned already and have not repented of the uncleanness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed. Uncleanness means impurity, foul, lewdness, so. Anybody else have any comments? I just, that's all I, I thought that was very helpful after what Don shared, and also that we would, that I would be, that we would each be willing to suffer for his namesake. I can say that the only depth I have in Christ is because of suffering, and the only way it becomes a depth in Christ is when I forgive, when we forgive, and when we are humble, Jesus said, when you pray, when you stand praying, forgive. And if we don't forgive, then we become hard, and the, the hard times we go through doesn't make us sweeter. It makes us more bitter. And I'm not saying I've never had problems with any bitterness. I've had to re- repent of them. I get to repent. As far as I know, I don't have anything now, but if God wants to expose something, I'd sure like to get rid of it now before I stand face-to-face with Him. So I guess... Um, That's all I have to say. Is anybody, maybe, I don't know. You want to come up and close, Isaac, I guess, today? Anything you want to
1: say? Well, I kind of already made my comments, but does anyone else have anything else that they wanted to... Testify or, yeah. We've got a couple of prayer requests.
2: Okay. <clears throat> so I got a phone call this last week from Sir Captain Travis McKilderoy, the leader of the jail. And he uh, he's very interested in the inmates doing well. He's a good captain, the best I've ever seen. But um, So Narcotics Anonymous called him from somewhere up in the flathead. And they want to come down and share in the jail. And he would like them to come down. And they uh, they said, yeah, well, we want Thursday night. And that's been our night for 30 years. And... Um, so why I went into, you know, my trying to fix everything mode. I'm like, well, okay, well, you know, what is, you know, he, he they got something going on every day at the jail, you know. It's not like they're slack. They're one day's visitation, one day's alcoholics anonymous, one day's this, one day's that.
1: So in my head I'm trying to figure out how they could
2: have a different time, you know. Like the sergeant doesn't already know this. You anyway, know, I say one word to Sarah, and she's like, well, that sounds like a spiritual attack. And it's interesting how different eyes can see different things. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even go to them, but it's, <coughs> the inmates love Thursday night. They're going to they're fight for it just the same. I mean, they really appreciate it. But So would you guys be in prayer for that for us? Um, I feel like it's a, it, it is a good thing. But I think it's kind of interesting they asked for our night, you know, and, uh, and the sergeant is potentially thinking about giving them some of the night every other Thursday. And I do think narcotics anonymous would help these guys. I don't think it's a bad thing either. So but the devil doesn't want them breaking <laughs> free, free from any from change of powers of darkness either. So would you guys be in prayer for that. And then another thing to be praying for is um we've been quietly wondering the Lord's been calling us to start a ladies' meeting. Um, and then now there's young, yeah, young ladies. Complimentary to our young men's meetings. You know, the Lord called me very clearly to not go for a youth group. That was very clear. Well, now we have these young women that are asking for it. They're asking for meetings. They're asking when, some of them, a couple of them, this just, just random little Mennonite girl just comes to the men's meeting. I mean, She's like, no, our church is so 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 dull, I get nothing that I'm coming, my brother comes, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> God bless her, right? So I totally would never think it from this little girl either. So there's so be praying for to that too. It's, you know, it's another thing, it's another overwhelming endeavor, but the girls are asking for it. The harvest is right. Now's the time. Um, we're willing, I'm willing, Sarah. Is getting more willing. She's growing in willingness. So pray the Lord would really speak to Sarah specifically. I get behind these that'd be glad to muscle through with them, but I'm also very aware he needs to raise up a couple of women to speak into these women's lives. He'd be prayerful
1: in that for us. Why don't we uh, stand and? Uh... Couple people, Corey. If you want to lead out in prayer, and if a couple other people feel let to pray on those her requests or anything else, and then um, we will close after that.
0: of You heard of Corey's request, and especially to with the Captain Lord. We don't know if they're going to be bringing the gospel or not. If they're not. Um, the gospel is more powerful than any alcoholics anonymous or anything else so lord i ask that if uh corey or the leaders of the jail ministry could make an appeal to the captain and that uh he would be receptive to the real help for the men is the gospel and so lord hopefully he has an appreciation for the gospel maybe he saved himself and uh, these other things can put a band-aid on people's sin and maybe help them some, but there's nothing like the gospel of true discipleship. So, Lord, I pray that you would give Corey and the other brethren that work, or that he works with in the jail ministry that it wouldn't be took over by something that promises life that doesn't really set people free. So, God, I just lift that up to you. I come against, uh, I agree with you, Jesus, that we come against the principalities of powers and give something... Instead of the gospel, something would take up that slot instead of the gospel so that so the devil would uh, win one on the guise of doing something good. And, uh, and I pray also, God, just uh, these young ladies that are interested in give Sarah and, and Corey wisdom, their family, if you want them to bite off another thing or if somehow it could be combined, he feels it shouldn't be, so God, give them wisdom. It's from above, you said it's very peaceful and full of good fruits and easy to be entreated. I pray God give them guidance and when we're stretched beyond our ability, then sometimes after you meet us. So thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.
2: Father, well, you, said, you said the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. You said to pray the Lord of the harvest and raise up people and go into the harvest. So God, we're coming to you and, and imploring you, God, that there would be laborers, Lord, for these women that want to get together. They want to they want to seek the Lord. Father, I, I just ask, is there somebody else down there or somebody else with Sarah that could work and people down there? Will you raise them up, Lord? Would you cause them to come to the forefront? Would you cause Corey and Sarah to cross their paths? Lord, you do all things well. Just lift it up to you because we know very well that you wrote that scripture and so you know how to complete it, Father. So you see these people. We ask this, God, for your glory. That's all we want in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, I thank you for the day in which we live. Lord, you ordained it. That we are standing here today, alive and breathing, and you know all about it. Lord, we thank you that you brought us to this point, as a country, of the people, of the church, as individuals. I pray you be receptive, Lord God, what you're doing. If we could be eyes wide open, we Lord would receive from you. I pray we wouldn't be after a notch in the belt, Lord, or a, a thing or a or a, uh, accolades of men, Lord God. Maybe after the kingdom of the living God, that we could we could just say yes to you. So, Lord, I pray that we would be very, very uh, receptive to your spirit of leadership in this. If it's uh, if it's your time, I I pray, Lord, that you bring the paths with with uh, these young women that are they're wanting meetings, Lord. I know there's plenty other capable men out there. To, to get behind their wives, Lord, so if it's somebody else, somebody would be humble enough to get behind them, support them. Lord, I just uh, ask it to be of you, and I think we've clearly seen you lead in other areas of our lives, so Lord, I just pray that we could uh, be sensitive to promptings of your spirit. And I pray over the jail, Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to be Lord of all. you have let those doors swing inward for years. Lord, we've seen tears hit the floor We've seen miraculous change. We've seen your word not return unto you void. Lord God, we've seen amazing things. Lord, I just pray that you truly will be Lord of all. I pray the affairs of this Thursday night. I'm proud an anonymous Lord, and I, I just pray that you, Lord Jesus, have your way. That uh, men will be set free. Lord, if you change our day, help us to just take it in stride. Lord, I just pray that... Uh, You'd be all in all, Lord. You've you, you kept us there through all these crazy circumstances over the years, and I pray that you allow us to stay. We pray over the captain, Lord, as he cares for his men. He cares for his spiritual needs as well. praise we pray that you to touch him, Lord Jesus, and give him wisdom and insight as he goes forward. Mm-hmm.
1: Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to serve you, and um, Lord, we just think of these situations and realize that there's no situation that isn't, have your fingers and thoughts and heart involved, intertwined in it, Lord, the river moves on, the things come and go, and it will continue. Lord, time comes and it goes and it is never again. Lord, these people are young now, but they're going to get older. It doesn't, they don't just stop growing if we're not ready. Um, opportunities don't just come back, some of them. So, Lord, I just pray that you would um, uh, prepare um Anyone here that's a um, person or the persons for the ministry that you are desiring, that we would be um, the body of Christ, which is the extension of who you are. Lord, you gave to every member a measure of Christ, that collectively we make up the whole body of Christ. So, Lord, when you went to heaven, it was you could be more places at once there, living in your people through the Holy Spirit than here by yourself. So... Lord, you said greater works than these will you do um, collectively, not just one person or some great man or woman, but um, individuals all over the world and expressing and reaching out at the impulse, Lord, of your heart and your desire in this world. So, Lord, we just ask that we wouldn't miss the opportunities that you give us. And, Lord, if we are not ready, that you would... um, We would take to heart the things we heard today, and we would uh, buffet our body and bring it into subjection, that we can fulfill the calling that you have for us, that we wouldn't let the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life run our lives, but Lord, you would run our lives. And Lord, uh, chastening is grievous for a bit as we deny ourselves and the things we want to do, but Lord, after time we actually find more joy in not letting our life and our flesh run us because it's a cruel master and it just wants more and more. But Lord, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And if we will submit to you and have us, our person in control and let you then guide us and the Spirit of God reign in us that we will find more joy in the journey that you have called us to even in the self-denial intertwined within that, than we will just living and letting that tyrant of self sit on the throne and make our lives truly miserable and truly pointless and truly empty and truly worthless. Lord, we thank you that um, when there is no way, when we look up and see you, there can be a way. There is a way because you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. Lord, in a world where there's... Seemingly no truth, there's no way, there's nothing really hopeful for young people. There's just wars and rumors of wars and financial collapse and this and that. There's just nothing, no way it seems to make a 10-year plan or a 20-year plan or a 50-year plan because we don't know if tomorrow, next year we'll have an even economy. But Lord, that's not really the way, that's just carnal things. Lord, you are the way and Lord, when we have you, that these things, Lord, aren't really the things that control us. They don't bind us because you live on a higher plane, a higher principle. And Lord, you can transcend these outward carnal things. You can send the raven like you did to Elijah. You can uh, send your spirit and comfort a heart that's missing things that no longer is missing them when it has you. Lord, a lot of these things we have have really no meaning if we don't have you. Lord, may we not be envious of the things of this world, but be desiring the things that are eternal. Because, Lord, ultimately what you say has meaning is what has meaning. Lord, I just pray that you would cause us to see things that truly have value. um, And we'd set aside the things that don't. Lord, I pray you give us enlightened eyes of the heart that we could see things as you see them. And, Lord, these things are pretty easy to lay aside to take up what you're calling us to do. So, Lord, we just ask for anointing on Corey and Sarah and their family that, um, Lord, the doors that need to be closed would be closed so that you can open other doors. Lord, they only have so much time in a day. They only have so much they can do. But, Lord, you will guide them. You will open the doors that no man can shut. Lord, I think of Paul who went several places, and the door was closed, and then these Bereans or one of the towns said, come over here and help us. And um, he helped them, and the door was opened, and much fruit was gathered in. So... Lord, may we continue to look to you and find the rest that comes from abiding in you, watching you blaze the path before us as we are just your sheep following the good shepherd. We are not the ones that are taking on the responsibility of changing the world. Rather, we are just yielding to you and you are going to change the world. It says that government shall be upon your shoulders. You shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Lord, you have decided that you are going to be the one worthy to open the seals. No man can handle that kind of responsibility. No man can handle that kind of of, um, pressure and weight. No man can handle the government and the the kingdom and the glory. Lord, only you can handle it. Only you receive and can and will receive the glory and the power and the honor forever and ever. Lord, may we submit to that and just be along with you in what you are doing. Because you are spearheading. You are conquering, and you are going forward, and Lord, we just desire to be part of what you're doing. That is enough, that we can be part of the Prince of Peace in your kingdom. Lord, we just thank you for each one that's here. We pray that um, we continue to catch a vision of eternal things and not let our hearts be consumed with things that just make our soul empty. Lord, I think of the verse in Psalms to... You granted them request, and you sent leanness to their souls. Lord, in this country, a lot of us have gotten what we wanted, but the church is lean, their soul is empty. And Lord, that's not what we want. Lord, we want our request to be what brings fatness to our soul, our request to be what brings health to our bones, our spiritual bones, our spiritual soul. And let the leanness be for someone else who will settle for something less than the best. So, Lord, I pray that we would run the race if only one wins the prize. We wouldn't fight uncertainly, but we'd fight with certainty, with vision, with purpose, with decisiveness, with, vi- with choices. So, Lord, we're not carried about with every wind of doctrine and the sleight of men. Lord, we just thank you for your word that you've given us. We have all your promises. We have all the things that are yea and amen in Jesus Christ. Louis, pray that you would put a blessing on this day and this afternoon, this food. Thank you for each one that's worked to provide it. And as we heard, that we would find um, your glory in the small things of life. And everything we do, in word or in deed, we do for the glory of God. Whatever we say, be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.